Hello, I'm Angela. And I'm Marie, the second half of this mother and daughter team. Welcome to Chalker Checkups. We're here to guide you on your quest for spiritual knowledge and enlightenment. All right. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So today we've got all of the mysteries of the third eye. Exactly. Why don't we start off by having you tell us what is the third eye capable of? Well, the third eye is a lens. It's a lens of which we see everything about the psychic world through and has a lot to do with what we see and how we see it. What can come through that lens is our past lives, plant energy, seeing plant energies, seeing all types of things like ghosts and entities and energies in your house, things of that nature. Uh, But it also envelops being uh, clairvoyant. Clairvoyance is being able to see things that happen in the past and what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. It also envelop- it also has to do with clairaudience. Clairaudience is the ability of to hear things and clairaudience isn't exactly the same as telepathy because in telepathy you're hearing thoughts of other people. But clairaudience you can hear things like the singing of the angels sounds that are coming from the astral oh cool you can see you can sometimes see sound and hear color i've had this experience it's actually very beautiful sometimes we had a train that used to go by our house and sometimes i would see the sound of the train coming before i would hear it and that's a factor of clairaudience. Yeah, that's pretty trippy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's nice in the evening. You're having a meditation. And now as, as you're coming out of your meditation, then you see the sound of the train coming. <laughs> yeah. Or to hear color. Right. But it also, uh, clairaudience also has a lot to do, I believe, with things like uh, Mozart being able to hear all that music all at once and kind of just download things from the Akashic records or from angelic beings. Oh yeah. I could see how that would be a thing. I've told a few people that they're, they have ability to be clear audience. They go, Oh yeah. Okay. What, what else? You know, they don't get it. <laughs> well, and I think when you list all the things the third eye is capable of for normal society or someone that's doesn't have a very open third eye it's like well how is any of that even possible and hard to get their head wrapped around it well yeah that's true it is hard to get their head wrapped around it um the thing is interesting about the third eye is you know we know we have a brain and we know we have a mind and we know we have an eye but we don't think of having a third eye it's like for some reason in our culture that aspect of our spirituality is almost like non-existent and 
people just think, oh, maybe I have one and maybe I don't. But the reality is everyone does. Mm-hmm. And I, I see reading after reading that I do that the reason someone's not seen through their third eye is because they've completely shut it off. And they've shut it off partly because they believe that it doesn't exist. Use something that if you, you don't think it's there. Yeah. If you've decided it, it doesn't exist. <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> okay. So um, if everyone has one, then can anyone start to open their third eye and see or hear some of these things that you're talking about? To some degree, yes. I mean, there's certain people that if they begin to work with it, it's going to be astounding because they really have development from other past lives and they've just clamped down on something that's really very, very active. Other people, maybe not as much, but they definitely would take it up quite a few notches from wherever they are. So one way anybody could increase the amount of activity they're having with their third eye would be to start to tell their angels that they want to uh, remember their dreams and they want to know Mm -hmm. when they're lucid dreaming. Because lucid dreaming is actually when you are awake and active and conscious on the astral. And what you're seeing there is is actually what you're seeing with your third eye. So... Okay, so that's the start of it. That's a that's a very good start. And if you start to do that every night before you go to bed, say tonight I want to I want my angel to help me and if I go to sleep, I want my angel to alert me when I start to lucid dream and I want to remember it. And then more and more as maybe the week, month or you know, towards the end of the year, you will have accumulated dozens maybe a hundred uh different episodes of lucid dreaming yeah and this will get you used to the idea of seeing through your third eye and kind of what it feels like and it's kind of like a training ground Uh uh-huh the other thing you can ask your angels to is to help you to remember your past lives and that's another aspect of your third eye is that also just another aspect of dreaming no, because remembering a, remembering a past life is a memory. It's a memory, but it's a memory. It's very interesting. You remember a past life, you'll find yourself in what seems like a very vivid dream. But you are inside the body of someone, thinking their thoughts, feeling their feelings, seeing what they're seeing, remembering what they remembered. Mm. You are that person, and you're looking out through their eyes. And when you remember those past lives, you oftentimes will come back with skills that they have and different aspects of that life you'll bring back with you when you wake up. Very cool. And even certain tastes. Like if you remember a life when you were a cigar smoker, you might suddenly decide you really want to smoke cigars again <laughs> or something like that. Or you or you really hate chocolate or something like that. I mean, that's not uncommon either, but but you really are remembering something that you were you were vividly alive and you're remembering that again, just like you might remember going to Disneyland and having a great time. Right. It's not very different. It actually seems almost more vivid when you remember a past life. 
when I started to do that, um, asked to see my past lives in the first year, I remembered about eight past lives. So almost one a month. And it was pretty astounding for me because I had the idea. I kind of liked the idea of past lives, but I really didn't really believe it. Yeah. And then when I started to have these memories, it was very hard not to believe it. And then, uh, and then I had this experience of talked about before, but I walked backwards over grave and I remembered being a jeweler in Switzerland. And in that life, I was standing in my workshop making jewelry. And I remembered it so vividly that when I woke up, I knew how to make jewelry aspect of jewelry. And I literally went to a shop and started making jewelry that day and spent the next 27 years doing very fine jewelry in a European style. Yeah. So you, you had this memory of being a jeweler. What were you doing before? Like you just woke up and then you're like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to quit my other job and I'm just going to go and see if I can get a job as a jeweler. That's crazy. well before that I was you know I was 17 I had just gotten out of high school and I wasn't doing a whole heck of a lot of anything per se okay so you were pretty young when that happened (laughs) yeah I was pretty young and I had just I had just flown to Hawaii and I was working uh temporary jobs so I was doing a lot of office work and uh some a little bit of restaurant work and trying to find a permanent job yeah and then I had this dream and then I, I had, I knew a friend that had a, a setup for doing jewelry. And I said, Hey, can I try this? I'll sit down at your bench and just picked up a torch. And, you know, I was like, wow, you know, you can do this with me. <laughs> <laughs> can you make a hundred rings by Friday? <laughs> and you're like, I can sure try. <laughs> and then I kind of became for a while, like the, uh, uh, there I was in Hawaii, and this was in around uh, about 1969, I believe, around there. Uh, and the, uh, Indian jewelry was quite the rage. And so we were going around and everyone's saying, well, can you make Indian jewelry? And we're like, well, I guess we could sort of do a facsimile. So I kind of became the American Indian of the <laughs> islands. <laughs> Hundreds of turquoise rings you know with a classic little twisted you know and a little flower and a little leaf or something on them yeah a lot I mean that style is still really popular now I made hundreds of them I was your classic American Indian in the uh, Hawaiian Islands (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I can't imagine that everyone's past life would be that pleasant to remember though either I had a few that I actually remember that were awful. I had one that I remembered being in the leopard colony in on Molokai and being on this whitewashed sort of funky bench in a, a kind of a compound where there were several people and thinking that my, you know, leg was rotting off and my hands were rotting off and just, it was really miserable. It was awful. Yikes. Sometimes the lives you remember won't be your really super pleasant ones where you, you know, died with your poodle on your lap eating cream. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
unlikely that those will be the first ones that pop into your mind. Well, and I imagine just with society, how we've evolved and stuff, the farther back you go, probably the less pleasant in a lot of ways that lifetime would be. Well, if you look at the history, there were very few people that were really having great, great lives as you go back farther. A few, you know, a few royalty and a lot of people that were, it was marginal. So that's very true. Um, Right. But um, yeah, I had one I remembered. I remember, I still remember vividly now when I, when I think about it, I was a young boy and I was a pickpocket on the streets in London and just really kind of scurrying about and just trying to, uh, you know, get enough money somehow to get food for the day. Yeah. Um, And it was, which uh, I think would be really interesting to know. I, I'm always kind of curious about different people and walks of life and stuff in general. So I think it would be pretty fascinating, even if it's not the most pleasant memory or lifetime to know more about, you know, the history of your soul. I guess in that life, I felt like a mouse. I felt like I had to scurry around like a mouse and be like a mouse in a way. That's what I think about. That's how I felt. Like I was a mouse and I had to get through all these people and the crowd. But and somehow get enough crumbs. Yeah. To survive to the next day. Yeah. Trampled. You know, it was it was weird. It was a it was a strange life. I didn't feel particularly miserable but there was a kind of desperation mm-hmm. and not a nervous energy kind of like a mouse mm-hmm. yeah so, i don't have any any past lives where aside from the jewelry one that were really all that magnificent pretty much all of them were being a poor person so what's the advantage of remembering your past life as just part of a process of opening up your third eye well, there's that, but there's also sometimes we are doing things in this lifetime that are just a part of a script from another lifetime. And so we kind of, we meet someone and we're doing a part of a script with them. The, our attraction mm-hmm. to them has nothing to do with who they are. It has everything to do with who they've been with us before. Okay. So we see them and we're actually seeing them with our third eye from a memory from another past life. So we're like, oh, why did I even, it's kind of strange. It's because of that. But if we, if we start to go into our past lives, we can remember some of these things. We can make sense of them. For me, certain things, behaviors that I had would sort of fall into place And I would say, okay, this is why I want to do this. This is why I feel more comfortable here or there. It just had a lot to do with behaviors that I had that I wasn't really trying to make sense of, but it made a lot more sense. Mm -hmm. And pieces start to fall together and things start to fit in place. Even when I had that situation with the, the leper colony, I had got poison oak, uh, a very bad case on my foot. And I had got very panicky. And I went to this hospital and I was telling the doctor that I was, my leg was going to rot off. And he was saying, this is a very bad case of poison oak, but I guarantee you, 
your leg is not going to rot off. Right. And I was not being logical about it. You know, I just, I just was like, no, it is. I know it is. You know, it's okay. You can tell me, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's all based off of past fear. It was all past fear. It was this fear from this other lifetime. And it was like two nights later that I had that dream and I remembered that lifetime. And then I went, oh, that's what this is all about. And when I remembered that, all the swelling in my leg in the poison oak went away, cleared up very fast. Yeah, because you're like, okay, actually, it's all okay. (laughs) Yeah, it really isn't going to rot off. (laughs) That doctor did know what he was talking about. (laughs) But a lot of times we will have illnesses or uh, physical things that do come happen and and they aren't about what's happening in the present they're about something that happened in the past and it doesn't quite make sense and sometimes it won't heal well for that same reason i was sitting in a 10-day meditation a silent retreat and i suddenly had a past life memory of of one of about five times that I was in a witch trial and was being hung for being a witch because I was an herbalist. <laughs> and as they were hanging me, my whole shoulder and everything locked up and I had had this pain in my shoulder. And while I'm sitting there in the meditation, this part of my shoulder suddenly lets go. And I remember thinking, now, how weird is that? I mean, this is how many lifetimes ago and I'm still holding this tension Mm-hmm. And my shoulder, because I was hung in, what, 1740 or something, you know. The, and and then my shoulder released. Mm-hmm. And I stopped having that pain. So we do carry a lot of that kind of stuff. And it's, at the very least, it's interesting. But I think it's actually part of our uh, enlightenment and our overall healing of our soul to to start to go through that and let it go and understand it once we start asking for lucid dreams and remembering past lives like how long does that process take it's probably individual but how long did it take you actually i think i had my memory in about a week oh really and then i started having them about you know every every couple of weeks or a month okay i haven't really been trying to remember any for quite some time but i have uh, very lucid memories of about 27 lifetimes wow and every once in a while something else will pop through but but you know like i said i'm not too much pursuing that at this point but when i was when i was there was come a lot were coming through and it it was probably a good thing Uh uh-huh I had a memory of being an American Indian and it was interesting too, because, you know, you think like in this life, I'm so much about peace, but in that lifetime, I was uh, in the Southwest American Indian and everybody in my family, everybody in my tribe, I was almost the last one in the tribe. And I decided that to kill every white person I could for all of the rest of my life. And I did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're not always just that spiritual, you know, and I was in horrendous rage about white people and the white people being in the Southwest and 
And I've always been very sympathetic to the plight of all the, the Native Americans. And I, and I still now, when I think of it, I still remember how much rage I felt. And it's hard to believe from the way I am now to think of myself being that enraged. But I was really and truly in horrendous rage. Yeah. Murderous rage, honestly. We, we, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, no. So it's it's a very interesting to um, to go through that and see different things that you, you know, you've been through. And then sometimes, you, you know, think sometimes people think, so why would this happen to me? I'm such a good person. Well, maybe there is something like that. Maybe maybe some of what you're getting you're going through or maybe when somebody comes up to you and they really hate you, it could be something like that. You know, maybe you, you mean it could be someone that you killed in another lifetime that they're sensing yeah you murdered their family you know or whatever mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's very possible a lot of times people that you've had very intense relationship with good bad or indifferent are going to be the ones that you're going to be surrounded with in your next lifetime uh-huh. or many the next many lifetimes i can tell you can heal that relationship yes until you both can let it go so how can you tell if what you're seeing is real well that's a very interesting question the thing that i try to tell people people say i saw something is it real or is it not real and i tell them you're asking the wrong question the question is not is it real the question is is it relevant if you see something like if you're going to draw a picture of a house and you see a house in your mind that is real if you see and house float by in inside your house that is also real if you see a a demon floating by in your house that is also real but that may be more relevant Uh if it's making you sick everything that you're seeing in a psychic sense is real if it's either in your mind or if it's in the psychic realm you mean it just because it's something that you're thinking of or seeing it's real to you it's real it's a it's a real thought it's a real thought form and and then when you transfer into another dimension the other dimension everything is in thoughts so a vast amount of what you see are thoughts and uh-huh. are thoughts entities are thought forms and when they become animated uh, um, little beings it's because they're thought forms that have just joined many many other thought forms and become their own little person uh-huh that's not a lot different than taking a computer and taking a bit of information and many bits, and then you build a computer program, and then you get a p- computer program that can talk back to you. <laughs> it's not a lot different. Uh-huh. It's They're all up in the cloud, but then suddenly you've got one that can talk back and might even tell you off. And that's kind of how <laughs> it works <laughs> with, with entities and things. And they're all in the astral, and, you know, if you see them and they're giving you difficulty now you have a relevant problem but you whatever along the way it's all real and a lot of times when we have little psychic children people just say well that's not real and that's the that's the worst way to deal with them 
you just, I would say, you know, oh, okay, you saw that, you know, how did that feel to you? Not, is that real or not? Or tell them it didn't exist. And were you afraid of it? Yeah. I mean, that's how a lot of people end up in psychiatric hospitals too, right? Like what you're seeing isn't real. Yeah. But it's real to them regardless, but it probably is real. It's just, you know, it may not be relevant. I mean, a lot of people too, you can go a little off the deep end. They open their third eye and they suddenly see something and then, you know, they write a book about it or something. And to me, that's kind of the opposite extreme. It, it's seeing things when, you're, when your third eye first opens, you're going to see a lot of stuff. And over time, I realized, oh, that's just another piece of astral junk you know <laughs> it's like space junk <laughs> okay we would does it happen like that someone opens their third eye and boom they see everything well no nobody would want to see everything you know i had i had a moment or two of seeing everything and i went whoa no way i don't want to do that you don't want to see every thought form and every piece of everything out there that would just be extremely overwhelming Mm-hmm. nobody would want to do that that would put you into a mental hospital right uh, and eventually you'll start to filter out or just ignore those little things that you know this little thing's floating by and that's going by and this came through the wall and you just sort of like don't pay much attention to that right it's not that i don't see it and it's not that it's not real it's just it's not it, relevant it's not relevant. It would be like if our if our news reporter said this piece of space junk just floated by. <laughs> it, it's, it just doesn't mean anything. <laughs> because there's always a lot of space junk. There's a lot of it out there. Yeah. But some people they're like and it's it's sort of like you're driving very fast and you slow down and you suddenly saw something. It would be like if you're driving in a car and you slow down and you see a dandelion. Well, the dandelion has always been there. You just happen to see it for the first time. It, yeah. It isn't coming after you. It isn't, you know, you don't have to become the clan of the dandelion. You don't have to start wearing yellow all the time. <laughs> and you don't have to write a book about it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine that for people that are just opening their third eye and seeing a lot of these things, that would be highly distracting and maybe destructive to the life that they have going on. If they get too, you know, over-focused on something like that, it just, it's just not, you know, a lot of that you're going to see a lot of stuff, like I said, that just, it just is what it is. Yeah. So how does someone close their third eye if, if they very, want to? It's very easy. Just say, I don't want to see that, or I don't want to see anything. It's easy to close it. Most people got that down pat. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I know I'm trying to open my third eye. I'm really interested in all of these plant plant divas. And so now I'm talking to my house plants being like, it would be really great if you could just tell me what you need if you need calcium, because maybe then I wouldn't kill you so often. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> and they probably will start to. And they might yeah. be trying to already. Yeah. So it's just a matter of you just keep at it and they will. Okay. Yeah. They definitely will. Here's one way that you can learn to focus your third eye. If you're just sitting, sometime you're sitting around, maybe you're sitting with your family um, and watching TV and without being too obvious about it, just pick a family member 
and, and, you know, kind of look at them, but don't stare at them. And as you're looking at them, start to say, I, you know, in your mind, I know that I see them, but I know there's more that I'm not seeing. So show me what else I'm not seeing. Mm-hmm. And then just relax and just keep looking at them. And then say, show me what else I'm not seeing. And just keep doing that. Just do that for about 20 minutes or so. And a lot of times what will happen is things will emerge around them. It's almost like they change their perspective. Your perspective will be changing because you're allowing your third eye to open and you're allowing your third eye to unfilter and start to show you what you've been filtered out is not available to be seen. Mm -hmm. And I'll do this. I'll be in a family setting with a family and I'll just say, what, what else am I not seeing? What else am I not seeing? Oh, there's an entity on grandma over here, or there's this or that. And it just, the more I look around and I'm just relaxed and keep, and I'll just keep asking and then more and more and more stuff will filter out. And I just naturally learned how to do this over time. But I've taught students to do this too. You just look at something or you can do this with your pet. Just sit there when your pet is sleeping and saying, okay, what else am I not seeing about this pet? What, uh, what is the energetics about my, my dog that I am not seeing? Show me what color lights are coming off of them. And you do it like a conversation because actually you're talking to your angels Mm-hmm. and it's your angels that are going to help you they're your, they're always your like astral um guide and your astral driver and they're going to always help you with anything like that so that's who you're talking to mm-hmm. um, and and you might suddenly say wow your dog your dog has a little gold light over his head and he looks a little red toward the back you know mm-hmm. and you said before that well, everyone has an angel or a guide, mm-hmm. but if you're not actively using them, they're not waiting around for you to be ready. So it takes a little bit of time and practice of starting those conversations. Yes, you've got you've got to start to get their attention because why would they follow you around for 50 years and you're just go away, don't bother me? Right. So if you start to say, okay, I, I now I want to talk to my angel, they'll come, they'll be there and they'll start to pay attention. But it's a conversation. It's a give and take. And it's going to take a little while to get into that kind of conversational mode with them. The more you do it, the more they're going to respond to you. And, and then they can get very responsive. It was interesting. I was doing a reading um, just a couple of days ago and I was kind of talking to myself, but, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I get in a kind of a, in a mediumship phase sometimes while I'm doing a reading. And I said, okay, well, now let me take a close look at this angel this person's got. And and the angel said to me, okay, here, take a look at me. And then the angel brought out this spray of flowers, you know, and I went, wow, flowers, that's, that's different. But then when I looked closer, I realized there were flowers that were all made out of crystals, colored crystals. So there were these beautiful flowers made out of colored crystals. That's cool. It was very cool. And I thought, oh, I wish I could take a picture of this and give it to the person that was 
being because this was a very um, responsive angel that responded to me talking to it. And I've had several angels that I'll say, you know, what what would this angel want to tell this person? And the angel will say something right away. I want to tell her this. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to tell him that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do, they're there for you and they do want to do things for you and they do want to tell you things. But, but you, you just have to ask for it. You have to ask for it. They can't do anything that subverts your will. A, a couple people said, oh, my angel, now I'm talking to them all the time. They want me to do this. They want me to take the psychedelic thing. They want me to go to a party. That's not an angel talking. That's uh, You're talking to your ego because angels <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Angels don't tell you to break up with Brad and start going with Jim. They don't do that. Uh-huh. They will never say anything like you should do this. Or you should not do that. Uh-huh. Because they're not allowed to. What are you more likely to hear from them? They may say, this is for you. Uh, they might say, we are here to protect you. They might. One, t- one time one said, you know, would you like to see a color that you've never seen? And showed me a color that didn't exist on this plane, on this planet. Yeah something like that i've been given gifts by angels but they don't tell you what to do okay i think in a very extreme case an angel might say something to protect you from losing your life but that would be a very rare circumstance Mm -hmm. like don't take another step because you might fall off a cliff type of thing but it would be only in very rare circumstances Mm mm-hmm and they're not generally very talkative. They're not on, they're on a thought plane and they're, they're in an energy plane. They're not in a physical place. So it takes a little bit of adapting to having a relationship with a, an energetical being. Matter of fact, sometimes people start working with their angels a lot and then they're not sleeping very much or, or they're doing so much astral work that they wake up and they're exhausted. And I have to tell them, tell your angels now that, for the next three days you need to sleep because they don't get it Mm -hmm. as long as you're running around with them they don't think about the fact that you're so tired so that can work it can work that way too i do remote viewing and remote viewing is an aspect of your third eye yeah and that was a gift that the angels gave you and that was well i was doing it actually for many years and the angels gave me a, a bunch of colored books which made it, it me able to see them in color mm-hmm. um, see all the chakras and everything in color so they they made it a much more easy for me to do and but it's always been the angels that i'm talking to when i've been doing it and getting information mm-hmm. and i would see something and i would say what is this and they'd say well that's you know that's liver cancer or that's you know inflammation here or that's whatever it is and that's where i've always got the information from so when people are starting to open their third eye and see some of these things what's going to be most common for most people to see is more energy thought forms or uh i think the most common thing a lot of people will see they'll see uh, light differences in buildings and houses like and shifting lights like uh it might be you might be in a room that's maybe just painted blue or gray and then you'll see 
almost look like a, a soft cloud or something, not like a ghostly cloud, but just a, a light shift so that suddenly it gets darker or lighter in different parts of the room. Okay. They'll also Yeah, take- because I can't imagine that everybody would just start being able to do remote viewing well without a little bit of fine tuning and perfecting having your third eye open. Well, this is an interesting thing. And here's something everybody can try at home. You can take a plain piece of white paper, draw an outline of a person on it, okay? Uh-huh. And put a name on that paper. Just somebody that you know or love or whatever. Some, But it should be somebody you, you know, ha- is a real person, somebody that exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it might be good to start with somebody you know, maybe your grandmother or something like that. And somebody that's still alive. Yes. I don't do remote viewing on people that are not alive. Well, you, you brought up the fact that, you know, somebody that's real. So I'm like, okay, so somebody that's somebody I, that's alive that you know, that you love. Well, so one time I was doing a remote viewing and I couldn't do it, you know. And then I got back to the person and I said, is this your real name? And they said, no, this is not my real name. Ah, uh-huh. So the, the name they gave me was not of anybody that existed. So I couldn't find them interesting yeah so you know a real person but but at any rate so then sit down and and close your eyes for a minute and ask your higher power whatever you want to call that if it feels okay to do a remote viewing and then ask your angels say i want my angels and this person's angels to help me to do this okay Mm -hmm. then breathe and breathe in and think of your heart energy going into your hand. Then take your hand and go back and forth over this little drawing you did of this person. Mm-hmm. And just see if there's any place where if, it, if it's just if you go back and forth and it just feels completely smooth and clear, ignore it. But if there's places that it feels like static or hot or like resistance then make a note of that Mm -hmm. and then and then ask and then think about that just then then focus on that and say well what is that it's like oh the shoulders huh it seems is that like and then ask your angel say is that like shoulder tension or is that like a problem in the lungs or is that Mm -hmm. both you know and just go over that i like that Okay, I definitely want to try that. <laughs> and then and then you might, you know, go back to the person and say, I was going over and it seemed like there's real tension in your shoulders and do you have something going on in your hips? Because it really seemed like around your hips and, and on your left knee or whatever. And most people, I, I have done this in classes and I'd say 55% of the people not only could do it, but they were very accurate. Yeah, and is this somebody that you should have permission from to do this already yeah that would be a good idea you should have permission to do it so you should ask somebody you know like uh, you know grandma can i i'm gonna practice my remote viewing can i do this with you but let's say for example you're you're a parent and your child saying they're sick and you're not sure if they're really sick you could do this your child and say oh huh that's interesting i just did a scan on them and it matched exactly with what they're saying is happening. So obviously there is something going on. Uh-huh. So it could be a, a useful tool for you. 
then if you want to take that step further, you know, you could say, well, if that, if this area had a color, what color would that be? And just ask, uh-huh. oh, what color would that be? And just see what that, you know, and then you could even look up and see what those colors might mean. If it's red, you know, generally it's inflammation or in the physical and it, or anger. If it's black, that's, they're probably pretty sick or something really seriously going on, you know, so you can just go back and forth and see, see what you've got. I took a b- bunch of people that had never done this, 10 people. I had a person that uh, volunteered to be in another room. They all did things. They all saw something. Some people saw colors. Every single person had at least one or two things right. Some people had several things right. Several people had things that the, the lady, when she did come out and talk, everybody said, that's a very good insight that you're you know, telling me. Actually, very helpful. Uh-huh. They had feelings and insights that were very good. So this was their first day, first time, never even had heard of remote viewing. They were able to do this. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know it is. And, <laughs> and, and, and I write on, on a lot of readings. You could be a remote viewer like me. And they all go, yeah, right. That's never going to happen. But I mean it. You know, I'm, I'm not worried about competition. <laughs> there are 300 million people out there. Or I mean, 700 million people out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, but people don't understand that. But you can learn to do it. Yeah, maybe at some point we can uh, create a class for you to teach us all how to do this. Right. right. Uh, but you could do the same thing on your pet. You could draw an outline of your pet and scan your pet, you know, and do the same thing. Yeah. Let's see what you find out about. And and this would be a way you're tur- tr- uh, you are training your third eye to be more focused, to pay attention. You're working with your angel. You're getting your angel to respond back to you and you're learning to trust what you get. Yeah. That's the hardest part. The hardest part is to say, this is what I get. And and then part of your voice might say, no, no but that I'm didn't not matter. sure. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Or yeah. my, my grandma would told me if her, if her right side was really, really hurting, you know? And so you might discount that. And I found sometimes over the years, I would get something really strange and sometimes i'd be reluctant to say it and then when i would say it the people would go damn you're right on yeah (laughs) so i got so i never tried to interpret anything and you know just say it exactly like you see it and even if you feel like no you don't want to just go ahead and do it anyway and yeah just just really trust your instincts on what you got absolutely Mm mm-hmm a lot of a lot of everything with your third eye is trust Mm -hmm. is there anything you should avoid seeing yes you should avoid seeing anything that might be demonic and you should never try to go into anything like any books on witchcraft or demons or anything like that and bring forth or see anything like that okay so this isn't uh, a class on the dark arts (laughs) no well (laughs) I, I think people really get into trouble. I had a woman one time came to me. She was very, very sick. Um, and she had been sick for a very long time. She, I, I sat with her a long time. She had been to so many healers and, uh, you know, and I kept thinking there's something more, there's something she's not telling me. And I even finally, I said to her, there's something you're just not telling me. Yeah. And she said, no, no, there's not. I said, 
come on. I'm trying to help you here. There's something you're not telling me and you know it and it's what made you sick. And then she said, when I was 14, we got out a book on witchcraft. We did a curse on somebody and the girl fell and broke her arm. Mm. And I said, okay, I know somebody that's white Wiccan. I don't know a lot about Wiccan myself, but I'll go consult her and we'll see if this might be what's causing your problem. So I went and talked to this, this woman that was the head of the local Wiccan. And she said, how long has this been? And I said, well, the lady's in her mid sixties now. And she said, seven times seven. She says, well, she'll get, she'll get well in another four or five years, you know? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm thinking, whoa, (laughs) but, and that's probably one of the milder cases. But this woman had done a curse. It worked. And um, she was sick ever since. Wow. They were just playing around. Uh, she got off easy. But I think that you, if you look into anything in darkness, you connect to that darkness, whatever it is. And that darkness can grab hold of you. And it can cause you to be hurt, to have auto accidents, to want to be an addict or various different things that you would, you think you would never do. Right. So don't be tempted. Don't go there. If someone says, oh, this is just fun. We're just doing this for fun. Well, tell them to go. You're going to go have fun someplace else. Uh, It's a very, very bad idea. Mm -hmm. You never want to do that. Does somebody have something really dark if a person just tends to have really bad luck is maybe something like that happened sometimes yes sometimes they just got were in the wrong place at the wrong time sometimes sadly if you if you made a bad partnership choice for a night or a week or something you could pick up a demonic energy from somebody Mm -hmm. and of something hanging around you and then you could start to have all kinds of problems you know, whenever you pick up these dark, heavy energies, they want to have you, they like to have you have energy that causes adrenaline. So if you do something like you're careening down the street drunkenly in a car, that, that would make them happy. You know, mm. they want you to be in danger, to be sick, to be hurt, uh, things like that. They're not looking for any happiness in your life. And that's the kind of behavior they're going to try to get you to be in so you don't want to get involved in anything like that yeah so you're trying to just keep your intentions to be good and healing and bright and white yeah and definitely don't ever try to go into it and i don't think you should try to heal we had a man come to us for a healing one time in a group i had a group of about 12 people that usually would meet on a certain day to come to my house. And then we had anybody could come and have a healing that wanted to come. We, it was very open, you know, and, and this, this group of healers would work on him. And this one time, this man said he was going to come. And I said, that was fine. And then when it came time the day before one by one by one, all of the people that all the healers started dropping out. It was down to just two me and this one other medium. Mm-hmm. I thought, this is really different, you know, and this man does show up. I had these candles that they, they sell in the market um, that have little pictures of saints and different things on them, the little, little tubes. And 
little glass tubes. Yeah. And I had a whole bunch of them around the room just, and I had lit them and he came and he got on the table. And as soon as he was laying on this massage table that we had for people to be on when they're having their healing, it was very obvious. There was this very dark, very, very dark demon attached to him. And the person that was with me said, Marie, Marie, come in the other room, come in the other room, you know, <laughs> and, and drags me into the bedroom. And I said, I said, calm down, just calm down. She goes, but you don't see this. Do you see this? And I'm like, yes, I see this. What are we going to do? I said, this is what we're not going to do. We're not going to go into this energy. We're not going to engage with this. Energy. What we're going to do is we're just going to do like Lomi Lomi. Like a, it's a, it's a type of Hawaiian massage where you just pat the person and think of like love, loving energy. Uh -huh. I, we're just going to do that. We're just going to, to go up and down his body and just think love and light, love and light and be very gentle. And that's what we're going to do. And we're not going to think about the end, this dark um, entity or engage in it or touch it or anything like that. That's all we're going to do. And then we're going to send him home with love. That's all we're going to do. And so that's what we did. And we started working on him. And as we're working on him, the candles in the room started going out. Uh -huh. First one, and then the other one, they went out in sequence. You know, and this poor woman that was with me was freaking out. <laughs> She's like, ah, you know? I'm like, calm calm you know just yeah because I can imagine that would be really hard to not 25 minutes of lomi lomi on him and and then said then we're done for the night god bless you you know ha ha you know good luck <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe you'll be happy forever <laughs> and send him out the door and and then she says what do we do now I said don't touch anything just go home take a shower smudge I'll take care of everything and there were a few candles, one or two that were um, still burning. I just said, I'm not going to touch anything. I'm just going to let everything set and go and meditate. Mm -hmm. And then later, when I came back out, the candles had all come back on by themselves. Okay. And so it was it was very bizarre. But um, And uh, quite a bit later, a few months later, that man, he came into my shop, the herb shop, and he said, you know, you guys made me feel more loved than I ever had in my whole life. And I'm really thinking about changing my life. Yeah, nice. So, you know, sometimes that's about all you can do. You don't want to go into a dark energy because it can overpower you. And it's just not a good, it's not a good place to start your learning about anything. No. Yeah, we got to start with the, the light and fluffy things like seeing our golden pet energy. Right, exactly, exactly. Even even in Brazil, they're careful about how they would in, in, do something with like something like that, and they would bring in their best mediums, and they would have it carefully orchestrated, and you know, it it would not be something that they would take on lightly. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful. But I thought it was nice that at least he he did notice, and who knows, you know. I think any any there are dark things out there, and the more light we generate in every way we can. Is going to make the world lighter and better. Yeah. And sometimes that's the best you can do. Yeah. Is just try to make it a little bit brighter. 
a little bit brighter and lighter. And the more that we are opening our third eye and we're engaging with the spiritual world, the better things are. Yeah, very cool. I think you always kind of stun me silent in these conversations because I'm learning so much. And I definitely want to blow my third eye open now. (laughs) Until you do. And then you're like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, whoa, whoa. Let's turn it back off now. Like, that's too much. But um, I think there would be some fun things uh, to be able to see. I would like to see people's energies, maybe on a very selfish level of uh dating of i would really like to see how fucked up someone is before i'm dating them <laughs> well, we were we were, going, we were going to rent the farm we we're renting the farm trying to to lease it and these people several people came to want to lease it and there was one man that he came and he had all this money he had like a five or six thousand dollars in cash and my mom was saying oh this man wants to lease the farm and he's got all this cash you know hey look he's got this handful of cash and then there's this other man um, standing over there. And his energy was amazing. I'm looking at him and I'm going, hold on a second. I just want to talk to this other guy. Yeah. <laughs> and I went over and talked to him. I said, did you, did you want to lease the farm? He says, yeah, I do. I do. I, I don't have any money right now, but I'm gonna, I will have it in a day or so. And I'm like, that's cool. You know? yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and uh, his last name was Golden too. I mean, I'm like, and his energy was Golden, and I'm like, this is like here. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I, I said, and this other guy was standing there, but he's, why are you talking to him? I have all this cash, and I'm saying, you know, I'm sorry, we've already rented the farm. You know? <laughs> he couldn't believe it. This man was so mad. He couldn't believe I wasn't going to take all his money. Yeah. And, had really dark energy and I just couldn't let my farm go to him and the the other man he rented it and he made everything more beautiful the longer he was there the more beautiful it got eventually he bought it from us but I just yeah when you can see everybody's energy it does make a difference yeah definitely does yeah well thanks for telling us how to start opening up our third eye you're welcome (laughs) I also wanted to throw out there to anybody that's listening, you can call in questions for us. If we didn't cover something that you want to hear more of, call in your questions by going to anchor.fm slash chakra hyphen checkups. And from there, you can go to messages and send us an audio message with any of your questions. And we would love to hear from you guys and do a whole Q&A. Uh, episode at some point so if we're not covering something you want to learn more about call and message us we'd love to hear from you and then 